We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the Guilty as Charged podcast. The Chargers wrapped up day eight of training camp so far. They had done padded practices, I believe, on Monday and Tuesday. On Wednesday, there was kind of a shells practice. Then today on Friday, no pads, only helmets. That's it. So couldn't get a whole lot of trenches updates for you guys. And it was kind of a a fast walkthrough jog, somewhat competitive kind of day, but still enough to talk about. So let's get into it right now. So let's go through some injuries first. Daniel Popper pointed out that Derwin James was not practicing. That's just the same thing it's always been. It's been the contract. Also not practicing. Kyle Van Noy, Drew Tranquil, Mark Webb, Trey McKitty, Jason Moore. Um, as it pertains to the first two, uh, Kyle Van Noy was out there warming up with the starting defense. He was also stretching with everybody else. And then he was just not practicing. I believe it's just a rest day for him. Nothing in particular. I know social media you can see the video of them calling him grandpa. And so he was just, he was not practicing today. Uh, you know, he's a veteran, doesn't need to, he's fine. Uh, Drew Tranquil has not been practicing. It's a groin injury. But today I did see him running from like the end zone to the 50 yard line to where these guys were stretching. And he jumped in with the stretches. That's actually him standing up. If you can see the screen, that's him standing up over there. He, get, he gets and jumps in with the stretches, does his squats, does his calf raises, his band work, whatnot. So he's both able to at least jog and he's able to at least stretch. I don't know if that's something that he was able to do before, but he was doing it today. That's a good sign that it's not awful, right? He's not out there with a boot. He's not out there looking like he's struggling. It just looks like it's a very, you know, it's a serious groin injury, if you will. It's enough to keep him out. But it's also one they're just being more, I think, precautionary, precautious with. Is that a word? (laughs) Uh, More cautious with than they are, you know, rather than rushing him out there. So there's that. Um, Mark Webb, Trey McKitty, Jason Moore not practicing, no updates really there. Didn't see more out there. I did see McKitty out there just standing without with everybody else. Uh, Mark Webb, I'm sure, was out there somewhere, but I didn't see him. Same problem as last time, right? Mark Webb starts off camp really hot, then he gets hurt, and then he just really doesn't even play the rest of the year. Um, I hope that's better. I hope that changes this year, of course, because Mark Webb has been amazing to start camp. Now he's hurt, not practicing. So I hope that pattern, you know, I hope that trend does not continue. Uh, today, the Chargers decided to change it up. I talked to Discord yesterday. If you want to jump into our Discord, that's for the $5 you know, um, Hall of Fame members or YouTube channel memberships or the $5 tier or more on Patreon. Links in the description. 
So I talked about this on uh, Discord yesterday. The Chargers, and I was tipped off to this, the Chargers were going to mix things up moving forward. I don't know if that's something that's just today or like the entire rest of the training camp or whatnot, but I knew that at least today and probably the next couple of days, they were going to mix things up um, in camp. It has nothing to do with the depth chart. It's just more to get some guys um, against other guys that they have not been competing against before. So it's kind of just mixing and matching up the roster a bit differently so guys that are not used to facing those guys get to face those guys. So you saw, I'll, I'll talk about the some of the changes in a bit. Wasn't a lot, and it's very hard to tell what that would have done for even the depth chart or anything else today because they weren't in pads. Uh, but it's still worth noting. So if you see over the next couple of days, like you know, people are reporting and talking, you know, beat writers are writing, like, oh, this person, that was weird. Like this person was the ones today. This person was doing this today. Don't worry about it. Was tipped off to this yesterday before the camp even happened. Um, so it pays to be on Discord and it pays to at least just be watching this video because now you know that. So when you see everybody freaking out that, you know, oh, why was Otito taking reps as the ones today? You'll know why. They were just changing things up. It had nothing to do with the depth chart as it stood. It was just moving the depth chart around so guys could just get some reps against different guys. That's all. So some of the benefactor, or excuse me, the beneficiaries, the guys who benefited from that, um, Otito Agbonia, I think, was one for sure. And then warmups, they had actually a five man front to open of Mac and Bosa, your ends, and of course, or your edge rushers, excuse me. Um, and then Otito was in the middle with Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson flanking him. So that's, I think, the first time I'd seen them do their kind of five-man, big-man front like that. So that's something notable. I didn't see them do that really like after warm-ups, honestly. Uh, so maybe that was just something they were trying out to look at it and cosmetically, I don't know. But they were just, that was that. So Otito could be a guy who's going to benefit from this rotation. It's really just been, you know, the, the core four, if you will, in Fox, Tillery, Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, and typically like Fajoko would be like the number five, maybe Covington. But today it seemed like Otito got more runs against the first team uh, offense, whereas the other guys got to go backwards. So again, expected. Doesn't mean anything with the depth chart. Otito didn't just jump everybody to be you know one, a starter. It's just they were shuffling things around. Um, some other guys who benefited, I thought, were Amen, uh, Ogbang Bamiga, the linebacker, no surprise there. Um, Eric Kromenhock today, uh, so, for some extent, um, what's his name? Hunter Camp Moyer did as well. But I think he's always just kind of been that tight end for. Today, I saw Eric Kromenhock, the rookie undrafted free agent tight end at USC, get some more work today. Maybe one or two passes went his way. Some blocking stuff. Again, no pads, hard to tell. Um, but good to see him at least get kind of more involved. Uh, Jamal Davis and Ty Shelby were more involved today. We'll talk about them in a bit. And then finally, there was the sighting of Kevin Marks Jr. and Letty Brown. I don't have them like any plays listed in here for them. But Kevin Marks Jr. did beat one of the linebackers on a wheel route that I believe Chase Daniel overthrew. And Letty Brown, I did see him get both a, a, a carry today in camp and an opportunity at kickoff return. So there's that. Uh, camp standouts. Jalen Guyton is certainly one of them. Today, He it's been so hit or miss with Jalen Guyton. It's like, oh, big play here or just drop here or contested catch you know, incomplete here or something like that. But today was good. It was actually two different things. One was a really great pass, uh, or really, excuse me, a really great reception across from JT Woods. I believe he just, I don't think he beat JT Woods, but JT Woods was too slow to get to Jalen Guyton. Um, so Guyton had a big catch there. And then on uh, kickoff coverage, he tapped down, I want to say it was DeAndre Carter. No, sorry, Joe Reed at like the 17. Again, not in pads. Don't really know how it would exactly look. But Guyton flying down the field, getting to DeAndre Carter, or nah, bleh, getting to Joe Reed, tapping him down. Good to see. He'll be a good gunner, whatever. I assume that's what he was doing. 
Um, okay, another camp standout, Bryce Callahan. No surprise there. He broke up passes over the middle twice today, one early on in practice, and then one to maybe like the second or third to last play of camp today. Uh, was covering Michael Bandy, and he broke it up. He's just been a terror over the middle. The only person who's really been able to beat Bryce Callahan is Donald Parham. That's because Donald Parham is 42 feet tall. So Bryce Callahan, again, two more pass breakups today, both over the middle. He's just going to be a menace there. Can't wait to see what he does when they're actually playing some real meaningful football. Uh, Jamal Davis and Ty Shelby. Jamal Davis from, I believe, the CFL or XFL, CFL. And then Ty Shelby, the undrafted free agent edge from Louisiana Monroe. Davis was a guy that I didn't really know anything about. And frankly, most of us didn't. Had a little bit of run in the NFL. Saw him play in the CFL. Um, but that was it. And it's not like I have film on the CFL. Maybe I could go to YouTube or something. Uh, Ty Shelby was someone I did watch some film on because he was coming in as an undrafted free agent. And that was my assignment. I was watching him and a couple of other guys. And I liked Ty Shelby. I thought there was a lot there. He has ridiculously long arms. And I said as much here on this tweet. You know, Ty Shelby looks like an absolute unit out there. Like he's a big dude. He's like a defensive end, big guy kind of type. And uh, something that would fit the mold, I think, of what Staley would want out of his edge rushers. Um, but both look good today. Ty Shelby beat Storm Norton uh, on the outside today for a would-be sack. Of course, it can't actually be a sack. So you just kind of, you see him get there and then, you know, put his hands up, let up or whatever. Would have been a straight shot on Easton Stick. Of course, the play continues. Then Easton Stick throws it. JC Jackson tips it, intercepts it. So really good pressure slash sack from Ty Shelby that maybe creates some sort of disruption or whatever throws it JC Jackson picks it off so good for uh, Ty Shelby today Jamal Davis had a good run either run stop or tackle for loss today again hard to tell but these guys run through they tap the running back so they probably would have gotten there on the play don't know who he beat and then Jamal Davis was also singled out by Ronaldo Hill on Twitter today well on the press conference but you can see the quotes on Twitter um as someone who's really good at setting the edge and stopping the run so there's that Sorry, I'm flying through these. Hurry up offense looked great today. There was, I mean, only one opportunity for hurry up offense today. It was the Herbert to Keenan Allen show for the most part, and I'm displaying them here. It was Keenan Allen to, or excuse me, uh, Herbert to Keenan Allen, a false start. Not by Keenan Allen, just I don't know who did the false start, but somebody did. So Herbert to Allen, false start, Herbert to Allen, Herbert to Allen, and then par him for the touchdown. The third catch from Allen was really, really good. Just worked Kimon Hall, I believe, and then just great catch over the middle. He looks like the guy who I hoped he would be going into this year. One, because he looks healthy and good, but two, because he's actually being used downfield a bit more, which he is really good at. And I have, I have a video that'll come out this weekend just talking about the stats. Like I, I watched both Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, a thousand snaps between them. And just charted what they were good at, what they succeeded the most at, what I what grades out as their best route. And that post corner, that dig out, that's where Keenan Allen is actually the best. It's not really even in the slants, although he's very good at that too. Um, but his best route combination was post corner. And so for him to be working downfield a little bit more in this offense, even in training camp, shows me that maybe, just maybe they looked at the numbers, the film, and said, okay. What can we do differently to attack off a defense is more? Let's get Keenan Allen more involved downfield instead of this near the line of scrimmage stuff, which he can do. He'll also roast you on a slant, on a whip, whatever. But getting him working downfield is great. You saw it here on this drive. Again, Keenan Allen, false start. Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen, then Donald Parham. Donald Parham, again, Bryce Callen has been amazing. He's been nearly perfect. The only person who's able to, been, able to consistently beat Bryce Callahan 
and frankly beat him pretty bad is Donald Parham. He's been absolutely destroying it today. Another red zone touchdown, another couple of catches today uh, throughout the practice. He just looks like an unstoppable red zone weapon. Every time they're in the red zone, there's some sort of target for Donald Parham if he's in. At some point, he just gets a target. And I don't see why you wouldn't take your 6'9 tight end and just throw it at him every single time. I don't know how more effective it is throwing it to him versus Mike Williams on, say, a fade. Um, but fades are typically not the best thing to run. You just happen to have Mike Williams, so you feel good about it. But if they find a way to do another, you know, big man jump ball size difference opportunity thing, other than a Mike Williams fade, have them both out there, go for it. Find the mismatch. Even someone like Bryce Callahan, who's been destroying everything else in camp so far, has not been able to keep up with Donald Parham. The only person who really has is JC Jackson. Um, I don't remember if Asante Samuel Jr. has an opportunity. But really, it's just been J.C. Jackson, who's one of the best corners in the league. So really, really good there. Um, that's mostly it. A couple special teams things. You know, DeAndre Carter looked good on kickoff return. Joe Reed looked really good there. But they're not tackling. They're not hitting. They're not really blocking. They're not shedding. So it's very hard to tell. You know, are they actually good or they just look really good because they're in shorts and, you know, little yellow um, pullovers or whatever to designate who's on kickoff return, who's on, who's on coverage. So I don't know. That's it for me today. Not a lot to talk about. Hopefully tomorrow there will be more because hopefully they go into pads. If they don't go into pads tomorrow, then it should just be full steam ahead with the scrimmage. I will not be covering the scrimmage by myself. I will be on the podcast with everybody else. We'll all be there after the scrimmage. Scrimmage goes from 5 to 7. So I'd say around 8 o'clock, uh, Steven and I are going to be on covering the scrimmage, both as you know, what I saw, the recap, you know, stock up, stock up, down, that sort of thing. So uh, Saturday, tomorrow, we'll do a quick recap of the week. Sunday will be a recap of the scrimmage, and then we'll just keep going through training camp from there. All right, guys, take care. And until next time, bye-bye.